Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. COVID-19 and its new variants are influencing public health and in turn the market and our supply chain. The latest variant, Omicron, has made its way to the Midwest. Here to shed some light on how it will impact public health is Dr. Cameron Webb. He's a senior policy advisor on the White House COVID-19 response team. He does a lot of work in rural and low-income communities, places where COVID-19 has hit hard during the pandemic. I think we can remember when Wisconsin saw big spikes in illness in its rural counties last year. But just how dangerous is this new variant, Omicron? Well, you know, there's still a lot to learn about the Omicron variant in particular, but there's a reason why it was really a matter of, you know, hours to days uh, from when it was first identified in South Africa, uh, where the researchers first identified it, and when the World Health Organization declared it a variant of concern, which is an important designation. And that's because of the number of mutations, over 50 mutations on this particular variant. And and really over 30 that are specifically on that spike protein, the reason that's a big deal is because that can impact how transmissible it is, so how fast it can spread. It can impact how sick that it makes people based on you know its ability to replicate. And then finally, it can impact the effectiveness of our vaccines and some of our therapies like the monoclonal antibodies. And so when, when people ask how dangerous is the, the Omicron variant, uh, those are the three questions that still need to be answered. Those can't be answered overnight. There's a lot of research and studies that go into figuring out exactly the impact on transmission, disease severity, and our interventions. But it doesn't change the fact that it has our full attention. And that's why the president's described. It's a cause for concern, certainly not a cause for panic, because there's still a lot to learn. Um, but, you know, now that we're seeing cases, uh, you know, closer to home or, or at home, uh, I think it's really important for our communities to be prepared and to know that, hey, this is a variant of concern that that is within our borders. And so you need to take precautions. You need to make sure that you're protected um, with vaccines, with masks, uh, with, you know, making sure that you're getting tested if you're having symptoms, making sure you're not leaving the house if you're sick. Those are things that can make a big difference. You know, we are a rural state. We are a low-income state. We are an older population. What does work look like in Wisconsin specifically? Well, you know, we've been to Wisconsin, um, and we've. I think part of the conversation has been how do we make sure the kids are safe, and so making sure they're getting vaccinated, spreading that word, um, making sure that, that adults are aware, not just in the primary series, but the need for boosters. Uh, some of it is the way that we target, target different media outlets to have conversations about the vaccination effort, but also about the mitigation efforts. The role of mask is, ma- uh, masking, the role of testing, uh, the, the roles of some of the other layered strategies that we have. And so I think it's just being a part of that conversation, being in close contact with state and local leadership uh, within Wisconsin to make sure that we're always available to answer questions or, or really help uh, speed resources uh, to communities as we see surges. These are all conversations that we've had over the last, you know, 10, 11 months. Uh, and, and that's sometimes conversations about vaccines, sometimes conversations about therapies like antibodies, and sometimes it's just conversations about the testing plan, things that we can do to be supportive. Now, Dr. Webb, we are a agriculture powerhouse here in Wisconsin. We rely a lot on imports and exports of those egg products. What is that conversation like in terms of closing our borders to prevent the spread? Well, you know, the, the president's focus certainly isn't on closing our borders. The 
you know, he said it time and time again, um, you know, our, our nation remains open for business, and that's critical to our success and survival in this pandemic. Um, I think that any public health uh, intervention focused on impacting travel is really rooted in how do we prevent the unnecessary loss of life here in the United States. Uh, specifically, the president asked today, from an international travel standpoint, it's not closing our borders as much as it is making sure that as people are coming into our borders, they've had a test the day before they they come to the airport, uh, you know, that anybody who's a foreign national is coming in is fully vaccinated. You know, those are things that are going to help reduce the risk to the American people of anybody coming into the country who could un- unwittingly spread COVID-19. And I think from a business standpoint, that's good for business. You know, if you don't have, you know, you have international folks who are coming in to do business with you, if they're not causing outbreaks at your company, that's a good thing. You know, and I think it's just, it's helpful for us to ensure the safety Uh, of that kind of international travel paradigm. You know, another big topic here in Wisconsin is vaccination mandates. We've seen what can happen when processing plants shut down because employees have COVID. It is a huge disruption in the supply chain. What do discussions look like on that front? Well, you know, there's a bit of, as we call it, cognitive dissonance there, right? I think in those same companies, they recognize how critical it is for everyone to be vaccinated so that business can continue unfettered, so that, you know, people can continue to work, not have to take time away, not lose income, uh, so that the company can not lose income. That's the reason why, overwhelmingly, business leaders have said these requirements help us keep our business going. Uh, If you look earlier on in the pandemic, we've had so many uh, kind of agricultural spaces that shut down, came to a standstill to some extent because of the spread of the virus. And so the much bigger threat is the virus. It's certainly not the vaccines. And so I think that what a lot of, uh, you know, folks, it's just a matter of having that conversation thoughtfully, you know, telling people that the data is really strong on preventing uh, severe illness, preventing people from getting COVID if they're vaccinated. I think that helps a lot. And so that's the reason why we've seen vaccination rates increase significantly in companies all over the country, in rural spaces and in urban spaces, um, you know, with these vaccine requirements. They're, they're helpful. I think they help move us in the right direction. And they're not new. This isn't a made-up idea in this administration. There's a reason why your kids needed to be vaccinated to go to school. Uh, there's a reason why some conservative states have consistently, over the years, had some of the highest rates of requiring vaccination for kids to start school, because it's just good public health practice, practice to use vaccines that prevent the spread of illness in the interest of public health. And I think the more we get that message out, the more we depoliticize the nature of these vaccines, the sooner our companies will be able to get back to business as usual. Just to put some some numbers out there to give people a, a sense of context, so 60% of Wisconsinites have at least one dose, one vaccine dose. That's about 10 percentage points behind the U.S. average. So U.S. average is about 70% of people have one vaccine dose. Remember when we were talking about herd immunity? Are we not there yet? And a lot of the questions we're getting is the vaccine's out there. We're more than halfway vaccinated. Why are we still seeing such problems? Well, I mean, the, the simple answer is that uh, what you just described is an average for the entire state. But if you go, uh, you know, to, from one community to the next, you're going to find very different averages based on different dynamics in those communities. And so whereas you'll have a much higher vaccination rate in one community, um, perhaps Madison, if you go down the road just a bit, you may find a community that has a 20% lower vaccination rate. And so in that community with the lower vaccination rate, there's greater likelihood of COVID spreading. And when that happens, it puts 
the whole region at risk. And so I think that's the thing that people need to keep in mind. These averages are really helpful for us to know where we are as a nation, um, but they don't really help. They don't help you if your community is at that same level. You know, and that's that's what we keep reminding folks. Every community has a responsibility to make sure it's protected against this virus. And then we look at the national numbers. There's been this whole phenomenon of people saying, well, you know, if 80% of adults have had at least one shot nationally, then we should be good. I don't need to, I don't need to do that. But the reality is that may not be the number in your community. In your community, it might be closer to 55% or 60%. And in that case, there's still a lot of risk personally to you, to your family, and to your community. So part of you reaping the benefit of this scientific uh, intervention is getting vaccinated, getting yourself protected, and encouraging your family and friends to do the same. Not everyone is going to get vaccinated. Not everyone is going to wear a mask. But if you are vaccinated, what can you do to keep your community safe? Well, you know, I'm I'm vaccinated. I'm I'm boosted, um, and my kids are vaccinated. My wife is vaccinated, and we still wear masks when we go out in public. And there are a couple of reasons why. I think it's. You know, it's not impossible, even though it's rare to have breakthrough cases. It's not impossible. And so we want to stay safe. I think that, you know, when we talk about what can you do, it's just take that higher level of concern for yourself, your family, and your community and say, it's going to be important for me to imagine. It's going to be important for me to do an at-home rapid test if I have symptoms of kind of a cold or, or feeling like I have the flu it's worthwhile to check and make sure that that's not COVID. If I'm feeling sick, I shouldn't go to work like usual. I should take that day and and make sure that I don't have COVID-19. And so that way I'm not putting other people at risk. You know, even if, even as a fully vaccinated person, I think because of how dangerous this virus and this pandemic has been to our communities, uh, I think it's important for all of us to just use the highest level of concern that we have. And, And I say that specifically in these winter months, because Viral upper respiratory infections are most effective at impacting people in these months. People are spending more time indoors in these months. You know, there's more travel because of the holidays in these months. So this is the time. Now we have this Omicron variant that's this new threat. This is the time where, you know, if you have the highest level of protection, then good. That's some peace of mind for you. But you should still, as they say in boxing, Protect yourself at all times and always make sure that you're doing everything you can to stay safe. Dr. Cameron Webb from the White House COVID-19 response team encourages Wisconsinites to get vaccinated to protect the agriculture sector. He says farmers are critical to the success of the economy, and if they get sick, we all fall. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.